One of the most frequent questions I get when I do seminars on having better meetings or facilitating really good meetings is how to deal with people that dominate the conversation. Uh, you know, consciously or unconsciously, they tend to hog the discussion. They uh, maybe they're ver very verbose in sharing their uh their thoughts and opinions. Uh, they're the first to speak. You know, whenever there's a new topic, they're the first to jump in there. And um, often it seems that it's really important, you know, that, that they be heard by everyone. So what can you do about this situation? Either as the meeting facilitator, that's kind of my primary angle in my thoughts today, but I do believe that you can do this as a participant if done skillfully. Actually, as a facilitator, you've got to be pretty skillful to uh, pull off what I'm going to suggest here too. I see the meeting facilitator's role in a meeting as being, uh, having, I don't know, a few different roles. One is kind of a referee. You know, is everything staying in bounds? Are we focused on the right things? Are we making progress? Are things balanced? So if we're always hearing one person's perspective, there's usually other perspectives or other inputs to an issue that can help make a better decision. I see it as the meeting facilitator's role to make sure that all those other voices are heard, they're drawn out, they have the opportunity to be put on the table. So again, you can make the best decision that you can. Sometimes that's hard when maybe you've got one or two, if you had more than that, I don't know what that would look like. But typically when I'm in a meeting, there's, you know, one or two people that, you know, tend to be very uh, forthright. So how do you go about keeping things on track and managing the meeting in a way that these people that tend to dominate meetings, that they're actually an asset to the meeting and not so much of a liability? So... I would say as the meeting facilitator or maybe an attendee that wants to change the dynamics, it does take a little courage and assertiveness, especially if this doesn't come naturally to you. Uh, and I speak from a, uh, a recovering, unnatural, uncourageous person in these situations uh, over time through practice. And uh, one of my favorite recommendations, which is seeing what you can get away with, I've come up with, I think, some techniques that work and also just kind of established the tone in my meetings that this doesn't tend to happen very often. I realize a lot of this is hugely dependent on your company, your team dynamics, politics. Maybe if if you're in a company or a situation that's somewhat hierarchical, if you have, you know, some senior executives in the room, this can make it difficult. So, you know, like a lot of things I share, take them with a grain of salt, apply them to this to your situation as you can. And hopefully I say something in here <laughs> That's helpful to your situation, but maybe all of it doesn't apply. So all that being said, what it really takes in these situations with these kinds of people is to really often stand up to them. Sometimes I think they're, they're kind of, I think they will often respect you more if you stand up to them as opposed to let them just continue to dominate the situation. So I think it's key that as a facilitator or as an attendee, that you acknowledge this person's point of view and what they bring to the situation. So an example might be, you know, Steve, thanks for bringing in uh, such thorough information and giving us such a great background on this situation. 
I think it's pretty clear, you know, how you feel about the situation. I'd really like to hear from more people in the room to make sure we're getting everyone's perspective and maybe not potentially missing a perspective that could help us make a better decision here. And then from there, you got to move forward in some way. So whether it be calling on someone, uh, opening the floor, this one, again, just kind of depends on the dynamics of, of what you've going on, got going on there. Another thing I like to do is also blame the agenda. We've, you know, we're, we have limited time here or we've already spent a bunch of time on this topic. So I think we're really clear on what Steve thinks we should do. Let's hear from two other people before we move forward or before we try to make this decision. Sometimes people um, feel put on the spot when you call on them. I have often found that sometimes it's the quietest people in the room that have some of the best ideas, uh, maybe the most articulate thoughts on the situation. And sometimes maybe they're not totally articulate and maybe they don't have the complete answer. But by bringing in that other perspective, it sparks other ideas that then lead to a better overall solution. I wouldn't be afraid to call on people, you know, and, and that can be awkward too. And that could be uncomfortable to, you know, call on someone specifically. I found over time that as I've called on people, it's actually drawn more people into the conversation and made for a more even participation kind of across the meeting. I think maybe because it's just my own speculation, people know that I might call on them. And so they just figure, why well, might as well just get this out here? And, and, and then people just kind of become more comfortable contributing. So a few other things to keep in mind here. One thing you're going to have to be ready to do is once you've opened the floor to other people is be ready to interrupt Don. We'll, we'll, call, we'll call Don the dominator. So, uh, and, and Don, I've used a, a gender neutral uh, name here. So, it, you know, this, this applies to all genders. Um, so, you know, my experience has been, you know, Don is going to want to keep participating and your job will be to help remind Don that it's not his turn or her turn to participate. So if Don jumps in again, what I like to do here is say, uh, Don, I'd really like to hear what Pat has to say on this topic. Uh, and then, you know, when Don jumps in again, you say, Don, I don't think Pat was able to finish this point. Would you let him finish so we can understand his position? You know, and then you can also add on, you know, once or, or Don, I'd really, really like I think we're really clear on where you stand. Really like to hear some from some additional people here. So once we've covered the rest of the room and if we still have time, then I'd like to come back and maybe you can, you know, fill in some more color on your position. Just being assertive and confrontational in a nice but firm way often works. And, you know, frankly, there are other times when it just doesn't work at all. And, you know, maybe a meeting discussion on a particular topic just continues to go in circles. What I recommend in that situation, if it's not critical or, or you know, you're not up against a deadline, is just simply to table it. Or set up a smaller meeting with Don and Pat and whoever else to have the deeper discussion on, you know, this particular topic. And also, you know, I I, I saw this years ago, someone basically called it. They said, you know, I really feel like this conversation is is uh we're diminishing returns on this conversation, so or this topic. So Often tabling the topic and coming back to it, it's fresh, and then it often just moves you know, to a faster resolution. Other things you can do here, too, is talk to the person outside of the meeting and express your concerns. 
you know, one-on-one privately. Hey, Don, I noticed in the meetings that you have a lot of like really strong opinions on what we should do here and how things are going. And I think that's helpful, but I'm also noticing that not a lot of other people are getting a chance to speak. And I'm wondering if, I'm okay if you're kind of first to the conversation, but I'm wondering if you kind of just state your perspective and your needs and then maybe back out a little bit so other people can get involved. And, you know, understanding that this isn't personal. It's not that you have something against Don. It's just that you're wanting to, you know, ensure that there's equal participation from the rest of the group. Another approach here is, you know, ask Don, Don, do you have any ideas on how we could make this more productive for everyone? You know, while still allowing you to, you know, share the valuable information that you have, how can we make sure that other people have more of a chance to to get involved here? I will say that if you don't do something about this situation, it can often have even more negative consequences. A lot of times in situations like this, people that are less likely to speak up or don't feel like there's room in, in the room to speak up will shut down and check out. In other words, they'll just kind of give up. Like, uh, it's not even worth trying here because Don is just going to dominate the whole conversation and um, I won't even try. So then they're multitasking, they're reading email, they're sending text messages or, or whatever. Other people just stop coming to the meeting because it, they think it's a waste of their time. So I really think this is an important situation. If you're seeing it as a reoccurring pattern, to really do something about before you lose, you know, more of lose other people in the meeting. I've never had to do this, but I have heard of other people doing that, which is is also at, just simply asking the person not to attend anymore, removing them from the invite, which is you know kind of draconian, um, or maybe you know talk to their manager and and but I wouldn't go that route until you've talked to the person directly and. You know, nothing else is working. There are my thoughts on people that dominate meetings, how to work with them, how to make the situation better. If you have any special techniques or if you even want to share a, a war story or a success, I, I, particularly a success that you've uh, seen in this regard, I'd love to hear about it. Send that to podcast at johnpolster.com and uh, maybe I'll include it in a future episode. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. If you have questions or ideas around the podcast, send those to podcast at johnpolster.com. If 